and we are live, ladies and gentlemen, for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I'm Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintram. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right, I hope you're ready because we have quite a few news uh, items to discuss today. Uh, about half of them are Tesla stuff. It was a bunch of Tesla news this week, and uh, then half of it is actually not Tesla stuff, which is quite a, quite rare for us. Uh, but um, some fun news to discuss this week and some less fun news to discuss too. So let's jump right in, starting with something that came out this morning. And uh, it's the, the Model Y finally launching in Europe. Uh, you can now place an actual order instead of a, of a pre-order in uh, most, not all, but most European markets, starting with the long range and the performance version. And Tesla is listing a September delivery. So, fairly quick. That means they're not being built in Berlin. Yes. Uh, so, that was the more confusing part of the news. It, it, nowhere it's written on, on, on Tesla's website that uh, they are made in China. Uh, unlike the Model 3 one, because Tesla did start uh, for the standard range version of Model 3, shipped them from Shanghai uh, to some European market and some other APAC market. But... Um, they, they they would specify that you're you're getting it made in China. Not not that it's that big of a deal, of course, in terms of like quality and everything. Like Tesla has been doing great in Shanghai. However, there are differences, especially with the the shorter range uh, version. Uh, we're talking about the Model Three here, being uh, using LFP battery cells instead of the natural uh, the, the usual. And uh, I keep confusing NMC and NCA. With uh, I think it's NCA that they're using in the cars. Uh, but anyway, it's a version and a version of that anyway. Uh, but in this case, they don't say anything for the Model Y. Uh, though, to be fair, it's just the long range and the performance version being sold, not the standard range. And um, it, uh, in in Norway, there was a publication that first reported that Tesla started taking pre-orders uh, early in the morning, well, I, for them uh, at least. And uh, they did report that those vehicles would be coming out of Shanghai. Uh, which again would make sense, like you mentioned, said just just from the timing alone. But um, but also I think even though they didn't really specify the source of that information, uh, Norway does have Tesla does have a PR department in Norway, so I would assume that they got the information from Tesla directly on that on on, on that front, or uh, at least on on background that might explain why they didn't specify the source of the information. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, at this point, it looks extremely likely that those cars would be coming out of uh, of Shanghai as uh, Tesla is having some issues with with Berlin, of course, with uh, the approval process to start production, uh, which is required. It's not just about the uh, supply chain and building. They actually need approval, and uh, they, they're having some issues with that process. They, uh, they are battling with the German bureaucracy at this point. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the, the pricing is, of course, varies per market and everything because the, 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 they have different taxes. Uh, in Europe, you have to apply the, the, the taxes, but it's basically where – we expected it, and again, just for the dual motor and for the long range, because the standard range Model Y also launched in, uh, we, we talked about Hong Kong last week, but uh, this time it, it's in China too, uh, which we kind of expected. Now, that's a Model 3 there. Why did I put a Model 3 as a featured image on the Model Y article? I don't know why I did that, but... Uh, that's all right. So, yeah, uh, Tesla did bring uh, back the Model uh, Y standard range for the Chinese market after launching in Hong Kong. 
and uh, it, it, it appears to be a kind of a move to address that to be eligible for some incentive in the Chinese market because uh, they have a price limit of those incentives, which they get for the Model 3. Uh, they weren't getting in for the Model Y, but now with the standard range version, they do. And it basically starts at the equivalent of 42500 which was the price Tesla was selling the standard range Model Y when it was briefly available in the US, though I guess it was supposedly still available, but as a half-the-menu item. Um, but they managed to keep a similar price, but that price is due to a 15,000 yen uh, EV incentive that they can apply on the vehicle because it starts under 300,000 yen. Uh, it is listed as having a 525 kilometer uh, range, which is 300, the equivalent 326 miles. Which, of course, that's that's based on the WLTP uh, standard, uh, not as uh, effective or, or as representative as real world range as the EPA. So, uh, like, uh, I think th- 326. What 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 does the long range version the US gets? It's pretty pretty much that, right? Your, your yeah, car. Same. Yeah, your car is listed at that. I think three hundred and twenty-five. It's listed at that, but yeah. it hits about three ten right now. All right, uh, Model S and X saw a five thousand dollar price increase. Uh, that was uh, last night. Uh, Tesla updated the configurator for both vehicles, and um, it's it applies to the long range version of both Model S and X. So for the Model S, it's went from eighty-five, uh, sorry, eighty thousand to eighty-five thousand. For the Model X, it went from ninety to ninety-five. And uh, in this case, I mean, we we reported for the last few months on the Model Three and Model Y price increases that have been extremely frequent, to say the least. Uh, but those were incremental, like five hundred dollar at a time price increases. This is a much bigger price increase, five thousand, and it comes. Really, just as Tesla started delivering the Model S long range, because the, of course last month they started the Plaid delivery, but uh, and, and some long range, but um, the long range is is ramping up now, uh, really. And Model X, they haven't really started deliveries yet, so it's already getting a five thousand dollar price increase. And as I was writing this article, I realized also something makes no sense because the, the Plaid Model X is listed at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. While the Mole S Plaid is listed at 130, of course, it got a $10,000 price increase just a few weeks ago, uh, but not for the Mole X. So the Mole X Plaid is now $10,000 cheaper than the Mole S Plaid, while the long range Mole X is $10,000 more expensive than the Mole um, S long range. So that makes no sense. Right. And, uh, of course, when it comes to the Model 3 and Model Y price increases, Tesla has been uh, linking those to, to supply chain constraint and uh, a lot of pressure on that front in terms of cost, pushing the price higher. Uh, in this case, I don't know if we can say that that's the cause again, because, again, the price differences, the price increases are quite different, uh, $500 increments to a 5000 here. It's a, it's a much bigger deal. But uh, so we, we could assume maybe maybe it's demand, but that would be speculation at this point. I was looking at the um, delivery timelines, which normally can give us an idea uh, for for new orders. I mean, new orders delivery timelines can give us an idea of uh, how many cars are available. In uh, in this case here, uh, Tesla is listing a September October delivery for the long range, which just saw uh, the price increase. For the Model X, it's January to February. So uh, it's next uh, year. Yeah, it's kind of long lead time. 
But I, I would assume that Tesla is going to be updating those because for the Model S, it made no sense. The the, the plat that every timeline for new orders was listed as June. Um, we're of course in in uh in July right now, so I assume right. that this is going to change that. I'm I'm going to check real real quick because uh, uh maybe that uh, maybe that Tesla already did change those. Uh. So I've I have a theory on the pricing AI here. So Model X and Model S uh, go up five thousand dollars every time the uh, the delivery times go out beyond a certain point, like six months or something. So every two weeks, this uh, AI pricing AI goes and says, "All right, when is the next deli- you know when is a new car going to be delivered? If it's more than a certain amount, they raise the price. So for Model S and X, they raise the price five thousand. For Model Three and Model Y, they raise the price five hundred dollars, and then they run this like every week or every two weeks. Seems like like I I think that might be it." I wouldn't be surprised if that's the truth. Uh, I'm I'm on it right now, and uh, no, it, it's still the same as it was uh, yesterday when I when I wrote that article. I haven't updated it, which uh, obviously they're gonna have to, because it makes no sense. All right, FSD Beta V9 has an actual launch day right now. Not that it means much, but uh as we've been uh, as we've been discussing over the past uh, few weeks when when Elon's timeline starts getting in the week two weeks period uh it's uh, it's more likely that it's getting close and now we went from a one two week period to an actual date on Saturday which is tomorrow so tomorrow FSD beta should launch v9 i mean uh, but so in the last few weeks, I mean, it, it, it should come as a surprise and not as a surprise at the same time. In, in the last few weeks or months, really, that since you've been talking about it, it, it kind of linked the launch of the V9 to the wider release of, yes. of the FSD beta without really talking about the early access program anymore. It, it does make sense to send it to the early access program again and test it for a while, but um, he, he, he made it sound like he, that, like, when we get V9, uh, we get uh, we also get the wider release. But now he did discuss that the wider release is going to be a, about a month, depending on how the early access program goes with the F- a bit of A9. So, so that just uh, that just changed the timeline a lot for a lot of people here. Uh, so let's say that Tesla does stick to the Saturday timeline for the release. That's just going to be about two thousand cars that's going to get it. Most of them Tesla employees, and the rest is going to be owners that uh, Tesla likes and and know that they're going to be positive about the experience and everything in terms of uh, their what they share on social media and whatnot. Uh, so. And then Tesla's going to use the feedback of that. And then a month or so later, which based on the current experience with FSD beta can turn into a lot more than a month, that's when Tesla would release the uh, download button. And I assume the subscription model too. And that's where things get confusing because he's been talking about the subscription model launching like now, basically. Right. Uh, but I assume it won't come until... Um, until the download button is there because that's where the value is. It's the, the self-driving, the FSD beta. That's the, the value. Unless you're just talking about the other feature in FSD. Maybe, maybe Tesla wants to launch a subscription model for people to get access to that. But I feel like the, 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 the real value is in the FSD beta. So it would be weird for them to launch that subscription model and then 
uh, maybe it maybe it would be good as a soft launch. Like some people will get it just for the current features, but the take rate is probably going to be quite low. Uh, so I, I I really don't know. I really don't know what's the um, what's the model here they're going after. But yeah, I mean it's it's free money for Tesla. Like uh, once they do the subscription model, they just flip a switch and people are sending them money. Um, but I I agree with you. I thought, and this might have been from a Elon tweet. I thought that the button was coming as the same time as the V nine. Um, so this. This is kind of weird that uh, that he's he's separating the two now and and he's saying a month out. So you know everybody's kind of waiting for the button. Nobody really cares about like well, two thousand people care. <laughs> two thousand people care, and those are mostly like you know the Twitter folks, Twitter Tesla. So yeah, I mean to, so, to be fair, like this is how Tesla has been operating for a while now. So it would have been actually a divergence for the strategy to to, to just go to the wider release. Right. But uh, but they've been testing that FSD beta for for a while now, so this is just like a like it should be a safer iteration of it by, by this point. And they did launch a Tesla Vision thing to the wider fleet, uh, at least the new cars in the wider fleet um, last month. So I don't know, we'll see. Uh, he did release uh, kind of, well, we kind of already knew that it was coming, but uh, the uh, he confirmed that a new user interface will come with the FSD uh, V9, uh, and he. He referenced it as a mine of car view. Uh, we assume that he's talking about the driving realization here that uh, for the beta version, well, I said for the beta version, but the wider release is still going to be a beta version. So uh, it's not gonna, like they're going to remove the beta. Uh, they, they want that uh, qualification for uh, just for safety, basically. But uh, yeah, the, the, the one that it's in car right now in the FSD, in the early access program, it's more like a debugging uh, view than anything else. It looks, uh, doesn't look like a finish, finished product. But um, so we, we've been expecting an updated uh, driver realization with uh, the wider release. Uh, and Elon confirmed it. Yes, updated UI coming with FSD wide release. All cars with FSD computer will have new mine of car view. All three and Y can be upgraded to have a FSD computer. So he didn't elaborate on the mine of car view, but we, we assume it like, uh, I mean, the driving realization has always been a way to see what autopilot can see and it hacks some kind of a confidence builder in the system. If you, if it looks like the driving realization are accurate to what is going around the car, then you, you can, um, at least, know that the the computer sees correctly now it only needs to act correctly based on what it can see which is another task on itself another complicated task but uh, uh the the fact that it can recognize its environment correctly is already a big deal now Elon said that it, it, it didn't he didn't link it to it coming to FSD um car that has that have the FSD package he linked it to the FSD computer so it sounds like all cars that have the FSD computer should should get it, even if you didn't buy the FSD package. Uh, so that's um, that's an interesting development too. Not not a big deal, but still uh, still fun to get a little more features when uh, when you get an update, even if you didn't shell out the ten thousand bucks. Um, all right, so that's something that came out last weekend, actually. Uh, Elon confirmed that there's going to be independent uh, steering for the rear wheels of the of the Tesla Cybertruck. So there's there's been some uh, 
speculation on what that could mean. It sounds a lot like uh, the, the crab mode that, uh, that um, GM uh, announced on the GMC Hummer EV. But uh, it could also be something closer to the tank turn of uh, of Rivian. It really depends on how you interpret the the, the comment here of rear wheel steering. Uh, to me, steering means like to to manically steer the wheels, which in, in vehicles that's the front wheel that's that that steers and that that propels you to the to the right direction. Uh, so when you say rear wheel steering, is that the 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 wheel will will move too, just like uh, GM has an independent uh, rear wheel steering. And uh, with that, you can achieve crab mode. You can achieve other things too. And what Elon says here is uh, to do tight turns and maneuver with high agility. Uh, so of course you can do that too. But some people uh, assume that he, and again, I don't, I don't understand that. A lot of people assume that, but with rear wheel steering for me, it really means more like to actually steer the, the rear wheels. Uh, they, they thought it might mean opposite steering. Uh, so you can independently, um, have traction front and back uh, to uh, forward, forwards or backwards, which is more what uh, what Rivian does with the the, the tank turn. Um, so maybe it's that, but to me, it's, uh, you wouldn't have called that rear wheel steering, in my opinion. Do you? I don't agree? think you can do. I don't think you can do a tank turn unless you have four separate motors, though. Can you? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, a full tank turn. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You, or like, what do they call it? Perfect donut. The other thing where that you just spin around and then, but you need like all four wheels to be going and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All four wheels here. Thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be, you might, I don't know if you remember, but like back in the day, the Honda prelude came out and it, it had rear, like rear wheel steering. I think just, it makes it, it makes the turning radius a lot smaller on big vehicles. And, and I mean, I think the crab, walk thing that the uh, Hummer does is kind of a little bit of a gimmick. It's a cool gimmick. I, I'm, I'm all for oh, gimmicks like it's that. It's a gimmick that features the capacity to do other things too, though. With, right. With, with, with right. the rear wheel steering. Yeah. So I think it's cool, but uh, I think the better thing is that you can make way smaller radius turns uh, with big hulking vehicles. And mm-hmm. that's probably what Tesla's going to do here. Yeah. All right. Uh, this story here is a little bit less fun. It's it would a, be cool if we could go like for, put perfectly perpendicular and yeah. you could just park sideways. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Chevy Bolt EV, another Chevy Bolt EV caught on fire. And, and this one is a little bit more uh, important because it's actually a car that got the final software fix that is supposed to help uh, prevent the, the, the fire issues that... Uh, have been known to happen now with some Chevy Bolt EVs that have LG LG Chem battery cells in them that have been found to be uh, defective. And um, so we've been covering this story for a while. There's there's been a bunch of Chevy Bolt EV fires, and uh, then uh, GM uh, linked them to to cell supplier. And uh, there were similar issues, though they claim not to be the exact same issues with Hyundai uh, Skona EV cells. And Hyundai decided to just uh, re- recall all their cars and, and replace the battery pack, which is still ongoing, of course. And GM took a different approach and instead decided to first uh, limit the full charging capacity of, uh, of the car to a, a, a 90 or 95%, if I remember correctly. They said 90, but it was really, in actuality, only only reduced to 95%, which probably most people didn't even notice. 
Okay, and then uh, and then there was a, after that there was a, another software fix that was a, a final software fix that uh, the new software monitors also the battery after uh, a charge is completed to look for abnormalities and uh, it's basically a, a, an alert system that if there's an abnormalities you, you can you can address it before uh, there's a thermal runaway uh, event happening which is is basically your car catching on fire of course yeah. So in this case, this this fire happened uh, last week, and uh, it was in Vermont. And the the we we've been trying to track exactly if there's some factors in terms of the charging habits that can result in um, not really necessarily result, but uh, aggravate circumstances that can lead to that thermal runaway event. And uh, there seems to be some similarities in terms of the, all the cases that happen of the Shibi Bolivi fires with uh, the uh, frequency of charging and the, the level uh, of discharge and the level of charge. Uh, yeah, so um, what basically happens is the uh, almost all the cars that we know about um, have gone down. They, they get discharged to almost zero before being charged back up. So um, when... Uh, like this guy, this particular guy, um, he would run his car until it was very low and then he would charge it from like 10% or, or less. Um, and that kind of fits the, the profile of all the other fires. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and then, uh, in this case also the, the car was plugged in when, uh, it started, uh, got, uh, he started smoke, seeing some smoke coming out, and then he unplugged the car and called the called the fire the fire department. And by the time the fire department arrived, that's when the, the car really caught on fire. And that's why it doesn't look too bad, too, uh, uh, in terms of a car that, uh, with a battery fire. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the the they caught it pretty pretty quick and started just uh, putting a ton of water on the on the back seat, uh, which is where normally the, the fire looks to be starting. Uh, and um, yeah, shout out to the Vermont Fire Department there that did that. That sounded like they were really on the ball, not just about getting there on time, but like knowing what to do. Yeah. So we contacted GM about this this incident here because on top of like now now it's up to ten fires, and of course we we when we discussed uh, when we discussed battery fires uh, related to electric vehicles, we always like to point out that. Uh, uh, statistically speaking, there's no evidence that electric vehicles catch on fire at a higher rate than, than gasoline power vehicles. But in this case, with the number of Bolt EVs out there, which is not, not that huge, really, uh, having already 10 uh, fires is starting to be significant. And on top of it, this fire comes in after they pushed this supposedly fix. I mean, the fix doesn't necessarily prevent, well, it, it should at least... Uh, help you detect the fire before it can happen uh it didn't really do that uh the well the the alarm did start at some point but the 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 thermal runway events was already started so not not a great look uh we contacted gm about it they said they are aware of the incident they are investigating it but they're not commenting anything more on it um this is this is a situation where we need to start asking, should GM do more than, than these software fixes and go the route of Hyundai and replace those battery pack? I think I think this is starting to be quite a fair question to ask by now. And uh, GM doesn't seem to be on board with this idea, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, their comms is, is kind of disappointing, uh, to say the least. I'm sure 
you know, Chevy Bolt owners are not feeling great about putting their cars in their garage at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be a Bolt owner, and I, you know, would park my car in the garage every uh, every evening. So, like, th- thank God there wasn't a. And my bedroom is like right above our garage, so <laughs> it would have been it would have been scorching if yeah. uh, I had a had an incident. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They got they got really got to work on their communications because right now it's it's you know basically it's you know us like going out and doing all this you know sleuthing and, and um, big shout out to Sean Graham for all the work he's done there. Yeah, he's um, talked to Sean's talked to a few a few of the owners that have been affected by that, and the the most of them complain about the communication with GM is just nothing happening it's like their their insurance and and that's it like the gm has barely any communication with them uh in this case uh the the owner affected tim bringlin uh if i pronounce his last name correctly is a state uh, representative in in vermont so he he has some notoriety at least uh maybe that would that would make gm move a little bit more i i don't i don't know if they care <laughs> at this point uh, I, th- I think they care. I th- my my thing is, I think the lawyers are telling them not to say anything because, you know, this is all going to come back in a lawsuit oh, for or sure, for class sure. action. So the lawyers are saying, don't say anything that at all, you know, and that's making things a lot worse. So what ha- needs to happen is like somebody like Mari Barra or, or whatever needs to come in and say, look, we have to communicate this to our users because, you know, <laughs> we're, we're trying to go all electric here and if our first if our first effort at that causes like you know 10 house fires that's not going to be a good good look for us yeah and i'm sure the situation is also like um like hyundai for example like they blame they blame lg yep and then they switch battery supplier from lg to sk innovation okay gm is not in the same situation where like they can blame lg all they want but it, and yes they are switching battery technology for the new ultium uh, powered vehicles that are coming out, but Ultium is a venture in partnership with LG, so they right. they are in a much different situation. There, they, they they don't have the luxury to switch uh, battery suppliers at all right now. Even though the Ultium battery won't be the same as the as the Chevy Bolt EV batteries, with which they claim that the Chevy Bolt EV batteries are not the same cell that you find in the Hyundai vehicles that are being recalled. Even though they're both from LG, they claim that they are from different factories. They have different chemistries uh hyundai apparently is a separator issue um in the cell uh gm has been kind of all over the place with that like the <laughs> more recently some people are claiming that it's actually also a separator issue so but gm is saying now it's another thing so it, it, it's a very messy situation all right we have a few more news items that we want to discuss in the next few minutes Probably we have 10, 15 more minutes of that stuff. And then we're going to jump into the comments. Uh, so so if you guys have any comments, any questions to ask us, any subject you want us to discuss about EVs this week, uh, let, let us know in the comment section below uh, or wherever you are right now on YouTube, Facebook, whatever. And we, we're going to get to it in, uh, in a few minutes. So this was an interesting piece of news this week that came out of Rotters, uh, the Electrify America is currently rumored to, well, actually Volkswagen is rumored to be looking for someone to invest, to, to buy a stake into uh, Electrify America for a billion dollar uh, funding injection into the company. So that's a very interesting development here that could have major impact on uh, EV charging infrastructure in the U.S., 
because if you guys don't remember, Electrify America started out of a deal between the, the EPA CARB and, uh, and Volkswagen over the diesel gate standards, uh, scandals, I should say. Uh, so the, the issue, I mean, Volkswagen had to pay a ton of different fines over the diesel gate scandal. Uh, but as part of the deal, the EPA and CARB also forced the German automaker to invest $2 billion in I think the exact language here was uh, invest $2 billion in zero emission uh, zero emission vehicle charging infrastructure and the promotion of zero emission uh, vehicles in the U.S. Uh, so they decided to spend that $2 billion quite wisely by creating a new company called Electrify America and deployed uh, a nationwide electric vehicle charging network, which result in them having a brand new extremely valuable business of charging at your vehicle through that through that venture which at the same times is extremely valuable for their own rollout of electric vehicles in the US since they can use that that charging infrastructure but it's it's open to other automakers of course the EPA wouldn't have been okay with forcing them to spend 2 billion dollars on their own business it has to be open to other automakers but so far other automakers have only used it through well, they are open stations, so any any of the owners can go and use them. But they also made direct deals with Electrify America to have like preferential um, pricing models and uh, integration of the of the charge points into the navigation system inside the vehicles and things like that. But uh, that's been the extension of it so far. Now the, we're talking about something different. We're talking about. Volkswagen allowing someone else to invest into the network with a billion dollars that Electrify America would use to expand their network, and uh, and then they would own part of it, so they would have some control over it. It would be like agreeably easier for them to then do some of those deals that I just discussed in terms of the pricing model and access to the network and whatnot. Uh, so the, the Electrify America didn't they didn't deny the report or, or confirmed it. Uh, but but the report didn't include w- w- which company they are discussing to uh, with right now and uh, for that deal because we're talking about a big deal of course here a billion dollars uh it's gonna have to be an automaker i, w- I would assume uh, and so now the speculation is ongoing like who could it be we could spend a billion dollars uh, into that do, do you have your own speculation set obviously ford's kind of high on my list because mm-hmm. um, they're already you know electrify america partners uh, GM is kind of going with um, EVgo, so it would be weird for them to group up there. Um, I mean, who who are the other ones? Toyota is a, a big company, but they're not doing anything uh, EV. For them uh, to spend a billion dollars on the U.S. market for EV right infrastructure now, would yeah. would be a surprising move. Yeah, um, in Europe, so, I would say maybe, but uh, in the U.S., that would be surprising. Yeah, and so like Ionity in in Europe. Uh, which is kind of the same kind of idea. It would become is, closer model to Ionity than what right. it is now. Yeah. So, um, but who's in Ionity? I think BMW's in there. It and is Ford. Ford. I, I put them in the article here. Let me okay. Let me find it real quick. Uh, oh yeah, it's uh, BMW, Ford, Hyundai, and Volkswagen. Hyundai was added later on, though, kind of like what's happening right now with Electrify America. Like, the, oh yeah, the, Hyundai could be a uh, yeah. Hyundai Kia could yeah. be a big 
they would spend a billion dollars. Yeah, and uh, and they sure. did it with Ionity. They weren't part of it earlier on, and then they were like, "Hey, uh, you guys, if we can get in on that deal, uh, we 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 would." Uh, so they let them in, and they invested some money. So, so something similar could definitely happen. I see someone in a comment, uh, Shane O'Sullivan, just said maybe Apple. Uh, that that could be a, a curveball. There it could be not an automaker, but someone that's getting into the business, like an Apple that has been rumored for a while now to be building its own electric vehicles. Um, that would be bombshell news. Yeah, that definitely would be. Uh, maybe like someone like a Lucid Motors also, like uh, they don't have their own charging network or something. Like they, that could be useful, but uh, for them to shit out a billion dollars, it would be kind of unrealistic at this point. So yes, it's a, a bigger company would make more sense. Yeah. All right. I guess it could also be a a group like they could say, you know, here's a billion. Oh yeah, this BMW. Yeah. BMW take a third, Hyundai take a third, whatever. Yeah. All right. That was a rumor that we've been hearing for a while now, but it became official this week. Uh, Rimac has uh, officially taken over uh, Bugatti in a, in a, in a quite of a wide ranging deal that restructured the whole uh, electric hypercar uh, company and put Bugatti under it. Uh, actually, they did release a very helpful kind of chart here that the, I was like good on Remac for doing that because like, a lot of the times on companies that announce like very complicated restructuring and like they put out a press release about it and you're just re- trying to understand it through it like when uh, a chart like that makes perfect sense. So basically what they did, I mean, you, we've been reporting for a while now that Porsche has been uh, investing into Remac. The, which is a, a Croatian company that uh, is better known for making electric hypercars, starting with the Concept 1, now the Concept 2 that, that became uh, last month in, in, in Nevera. Uh, and um, and now what they did is the 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 breaking off the... Because um, uh, so I should say, Remac has also been getting into the uh, OEM business, uh, supplying other OEMs with electric vehicle technology. Uh, so it's been it's been like two part of the business. They were doing the hypercars, super expensive, limited production cars, and they are using the technology that they developed for those cars to make um, lower price electric vehicle technology, inverters, powertrain stuff, and sell that to other automakers like Koenigsegg uh, is being one, and who else has been uh, Ashton Martin has been buying uh, electric vehicle stuff for them, and that's a growing business for them. So right now, what they're doing, they are creating instead the Remac group and breaking it off into the Remac hypercars and the Remac technology to spy other OEMs. And Bugatti is going to merge with Remac cars, Remac automobili. And uh, under under that, they're going to operate a separate brand, Bugatti and Remac. Uh, and um, the, the ownership structure, as you can see here, so... Porsche now owns 24% of the Remac Group. Uh, Matt, is it Mate or Matt? I don't know how you pronounce his name. I think it's Mate. Mate, um, the young engineer behind Remac, uh, he still owns 37% of the whole group, which is which is kind of impressive at this point because uh, I would assume that they are getting into the billion dollar valuation. So that the the fact that you can grow that big and still. Uh, remain the biggest shareholder is uh, is important uh then the hyundai still has a 12 percent of that too and there's a bunch of other investors that take up the rest so that's the ownership of the remac group and the remac group owned 55 percent of the new bugatti remac um automaker 
group that now has two brands underneath them separately, and they own 100% of the Remax technology group. Uh, Porsche still own 40, now owns 45% of the Bugatti Remax company, uh, which they which they sold the Bugatti to the Remax group to be part of that business. Uh, so they're still technically in control of the Remax Bugatti uh, automaker since uh, they, they own both 45% of it directly and they own like 24% of the Remax group, which owned 55%. So Yeah, so like 24% times 55% is like 13.2%. Plus forty five, so that's fifty eight point two percent of. They own fifty two point eight percent of Bugatti Remax. Yeah, so they're still in control of Bugatti, and also they gain control of Remax Automaker, but not of Remax Technology, which they separated. So it's a very like uh, complex deal here going on. It is, but uh, it does make sense. It, it, it does make a ton of sense, really, uh, for for Remax uh, as they evolve. And uh, and it's a big deal for Bugatti, who's of course a legendary uh, Italian sounding, but actually French automaker that uh, that uh, is known for the the Chevron for extremely powerful vehicles. Uh, but uh, this there hasn't been any uh, kind of uh, indication that it would be going electric for a long time. So and now that uh, they are under Rimac, I, I would assume that they they will be going electric and. Uh, Personally, I can't wait to see a Bugatti electric. That would be a, that will be quite something. Uh, but there's no official news on that front. It's just just kind of uh, obvious that they're going into that direction. Do you think we'll see a hybrid before we see, uh, you know, a Bugatti with a, uh, you know, like an electric assist or whatever like uh, i would i would i would have said no but uh, they are they are both gonna still operate as separate brands so may- maybe maybe they were like I, I don't i don't see remac working on a vehicle that's not all electric really just knowing how matt operates but oh uh, i i don't know it, it, like i i assume there's going to be a big restructuring of bugatti as part of it so maybe the people that weren't really willing to go all electric are gonna are going to go away. I don't know. It's going to be something to t- keep a track uh, of in the coming uh, coming weeks. All right. Uh, Stellantis held uh, what they call the EV 2021 day, and they announced a whole new electrification plan across all their brands, which, uh, I mean, if you start con- counting them now, it's actually 14 brands under the Stellantis. Stel- Stellantis uh, group that's uh, that's made up of the Fiat Chrysler group and uh, PSA group merger. And yeah, it's uh, the, the, the big headlines here. It's a 30 billion euros investment through 2025 into electrification. And in terms of what they plan on, on actually selling, it's, it's not... not too exciting of a news here. 70% of selfs to be all electric by um oh whoa I didn't even catch that. It's they're not they're not saying all electric, they're saying low emission vehicles. Whoa. I don't like that language at all. No. Basically that, then, then it makes it means nothing then to me. Like because I in my head I thought it was 70% of cells in Europe to be all electric and over 40% in the United States by 2030, which is already not even if you're talking about all electric vehicles, it's not a very ambitious plan in my opinion. Now they're talking about low emission vehicle, it doesn't mean anything then. 
<laughs> it's a completely useless announcement. Uh, but there are other things that are a little bit more exciting. They talk about securing a battery resources, 260 gigawatt hour by 2030, which is also not giant, not bad either. Uh, but they are talking about BAV platforms. So four new BAV platform for small, medium, large vehicle and a frame, which I'll assume is going to be for commercial vehicles uh, that uh, enables a range of up to 500 in, uh, kilometers of range, 300 miles to 800 kilometers, 500 miles of range. And uh, those uh, those new platforms are, are, are coming uh, mid mid decade. Um, they, they announced a bunch of new slogans for all the different brands that uh, represent their electrification effort, a little marketing stuff, nothing too exciting. But then there were more announcements for the specific brands that uh, we can get a little bit more excited excited about. Uh, Jeep, uh, I, that's the one I did. Uh, I got stuck with the less exciting one because <laughs> it's not it's not that big of an announcement for for Jeep here. They unveiled the the Cherokee uh, 4xe, which is a plug-in hybrid. Didn't release the specs here, uh, but uh, Jeep's plug-in hybrids haven't had very significant uh, all electric range, so I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up for that. But uh, they did tease uh, the all electric uh, Jeep Wrangler. Uh, with a concept earlier this year, we expect uh, unveiling of a production version relatively soon. But uh, it sounds like 2024 is more when we're going to see the first all-electric Jeep. They did uh, unveil a prototype of uh, of a concept that they already unveiled for a solar charger that you can deploy in um, places off-grid. Um, because, of course, a lot of uh, of Jeep's vehicles are, are very popular with uh, off-roading enthusiasts. So they gave them like charging solution and a uh, cool looking little solar charger there. Uh, but they already announced that. So a lot of the stuff from the announcement, they weren't that exciting to me from Jeep. But uh, other stuff from Dodge and from Ram, uh, a little bit more exciting set, right? Uh, a pickup truck, electric pickup truck has been teased. Uh, we don't We don't see it for some reason. I'm having issues with my internet for some reason. Like the it's loading, but it's like not loading properly. Yeah, your your sound's going in and out as well. Oh yeah. But, um so yeah, so uh the RAM thing, uh not as exciting as you would initially hope. Um and frankly it's you know kind of disappointing. Um both of the uh the renders, I mean they even had to do a render of a battery, which means that they're not very far along in the in their path. Um, the, you know, the, the render they show for the battery and the render they show for the actual vehicle look like somebody was told like a couple days ago to m- make something up really quick. Uh, so if that's the case, then they basically just decided recently, very recently that they're going to start making electric vehicles. And luckily, uh, you know, four years from now or two, three years from now is quite a long time to, to like start, you know, building these actual vehicles. So they do have some time to get there, but it really feels like this decision was like made in some boardroom, like this month or last month or something crazy because these, these things are very rudimentary. Like these, these videos. Yeah. And and this image actually, because it's darked and darkened, it it looks like it's something that it's going to be unveiled. Like this is more like of a silhouette, and then we're gonna unveil the full thing. But then, if you actually look at the details of it, this it looks extremely concepty. Like the, the the classic, like extremely small windows in terms of height. Right. Here, that's not something that goes to production. So never they are 
teasing something that never is going to go to production. It's just extremely concept-like. And like you said, also 2024, it's a bit late for an electric pickup truck. Uh, at this point, there's going to be uh, several electric vehicle program that are electric pickup truck program that has been ramped up. And the first vehicle, which of course the Rivian should start deliveries in the next few weeks, really. Um, of course, it's going to be low production, but next year you, you should start to have a few programs that uh, at least delivers in the thousands of units. In 2023, there's going to be tens of thousands of electric pickup truck in the U.S. most likely. And uh, 2024, I would assume that Tesla has ramped up the Cybertruck program already in the hundreds of thousands of units. And you have the F-150 that uh, it, 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 we don't know really the volume they're planning, but it's going to be fully ramped up by then, I assume. And uh, Silverado Electrics, it's going to be uh, hard to compete for, for uh, I keep saying Dodge Ram, but it's just Ram, right? Yeah, they split up about a decade yeah. ago. So, but I, Dodge I had, had their, just, their own announcement. I, I didn't remember that either, yeah. but something they did. And Dodge had their speaking own, of Dodge, yeah, they had their own announcement. Uh, an electric muscle car, all-wheel drive muscle car. That oh, yeah. the video is not working. Wow, they already pulled it. Crazy. We don't have an image for that one. Again, I apologize, man. Uh, if you screw, if you if you scroll down, there should be some at the bottom. Well, that, that's the that's the whole one that you you talked about this morning. That uh, I I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> that I I went down a rabbit hole. Um, I actually like found the guy. Um, his name is Lou Rhodes, who ran that department. Found him on LinkedIn. Maybe we'll get him on the show or something. But uh, yeah, it turns out Dodge had a well, basically Chrysler at the time had a honest to goodness real EV thing going like they were going to build lots of evs they even had like a press release saying they expected like a hundred thousand evs a year by like 2012 or 2013 and you know obviously went to zero um which is you know super disappointing but uh they they were gung-ho on evs um for in 2008 2009 right when the uh big recession hit and gas prices uh were pretty high uh, a little bit before that. Um, but if you scroll down even further, there's uh, some pictures of the Dodge um, idea. Uh, okay, it, what am I looking at? The first one here. Uh, that's the front. And oh, so there's that new uh, logo, but it's actually not a new logo. It's their old, uh, what's it called? Frog Pans? Some, something this? weird. Some weird name. Yeah. So there's a name for that logo. It's It's up near the YouTube video. I wrote it. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah. Flux. Frat, frat Zog. Huh. It looks like a flux capacitor and it's called a frat Zog. Uh, so Dodge used that logo from in like the sixties, seventies and eighties, um, for their muscle cars. So I guess they're going to bring that back. That was exciting for old Dodge fans, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't show a lot of the car, um, but, and they didn't, and frankly, the, the message that, uh, Dodge brand CEO, Tim Kaniskis, uh, was very, you know, they were like, we're not electric, but we're going electric. We're not, you know, we're not trying to save the environment, but this is good. You know, <laughs> that's something you was, want to hear for someone. We're not trying to save the environment. No, it was, it was very like he was like, we're not doing electric because we have like a conscience. We're doing it because 
it's you know it's better it's faster um so it was, fair, it was a very maybe that's why they pulled the youtube video they were just like this is this isn't great all right what i don't understand here is like what are we talking about you're talking about a concept now for a vehicle that's going to come out in 2024 we don't yep. we don't see that a lot like uh We see that from startups and, and things like that. Like they, 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 they want to create some buzz early. They want to try to like show demand for a vehicle and show that to investors and everything. But we're talking about Dodge here. Like it's not, it's not your mom and pop's company and no. they are teasing, not even unveiling, teasing a concept for a vehicle that's not going to be on the market for another three years. And 2024, we also need to keep in mind that can mean. That can mean actually being released in 2024. It can be a mall year 2024, which means closer to the end of 2023. So we don't know that exactly, but still, it's not. It's hard to get excited about. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of. And, and the, the, the rhetoric in there was like, it's the first American muscle car that's going to go electric. Well, you're going to have to really kind of narrow down electric because, you know, basically a Tesla Model S in 2012 or yeah 2012 was kind of an American muscle car like that it was a it had plenty of power and it was from America but it, even if you're you know you're like well that's a sedan or whatever um the Mustang Mach-E that kind of feels like a you know Mustangs never has always been considered a muscle car it's kind of an SUV but you know it's still kind of a muscle car so They're really trying to, you know, dial in the uh, but, whatever. Yeah, but I still, I think they can still be right if if no one else comes to market, they're going to be the first EV muscle car. Uh, I mean, there's the you, you remember Camaro. Yeah, there's the Charge. You, you know, the Charge. Uh, they, they're using old Mustang chassis to make this super like electric car, uh, and uh, they actually making it in England. Um, That's coming to market soon, but it's going to be more expensive. It's more like a limited, right. limited production stuff. Um, but there's there's a market for that. It's just Dodge and and Stellantis as a whole. I think they're gonna have they they cannot be like catching up in 2024 to what people are doing now because right. they're gonna fail badly. So they're going to have to be looking ahead here. And even though they're going to be late in 2024, they're going to have to compete with cars that are coming out in 2024. That's the tough thing to do here. Uh, it's not easy. So it's why uh, Stellantis is not in my portfolio, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. I'm not a guy that short stocks, but uh, it would probably be at the top of my list if, uh, if I was. Yeah. All right, should we jump into the comments? Yeah, let's uh, pop in there. Uh, there's still some time, uh, and we should acknowledge that uh, there was a, some internet glitches yes. uh, this time. Uh, so Ian Michael Smith kind of went off the board and said, I just found out that my main battery is broken. I just completely failed out of warranty. 167,000 miles, 20,000 for a new pack. It, there's got to be a better way or some sort of refurbish. I'm so crestfallen. Any advice? And he uh, also says 2013 okay, Model S 60. I didn't know what car was talking about. Yeah. Uh, so that's an eight-year-old uh, Tesla Model S 60. I also had a Model S 60 uh, for a bit of time. 167,000 miles. It's not bad. That's a, that's a lot of battery. Although, you know, you hope 
you hope to see it go a lot further. I mean, I don't know. Can you get a refurbished battery pack? Uh, I, I, would, still... I would. I would contact where. Where did he, did he say where he's located? I don't think so. Because uh, there the, the are a few companies like you, you could get like an aftermarket stuff with uh, a refurbished pack from from a salvaged car or something like that. Like uh, companies. Yeah, but I wonder if you get the. Um, are you still able to do supercharging and stuff? Oh yeah, that, that can be an issue. Um, I know, like Rich Rebuild doesn't. No. Rich Rebuilds doesn't have. Or, or Jason Hughes doesn't have the ability to supercharge yeah. when he does a repurpose. Yeah, that, that has been a problem. But uh, yeah, I don't know about 2013. You have uh, the, the, for the 60, did, did you still have the eight year unlimited warranty on the battery pack? Yeah, I mean, eight years would have just, it just came up yeah, right now. It just ended right now. It looks like you're really just not lucky at all. I mean, my 2012 Model S, the battery pack failed. Like weeks before the end of the warranty, I was just so lucky. Um, but yeah, there's not many recourse, I think, at this point. All right. Uh, Shane O'Sullivan, Model Y, not showing up for pre-order on the Irish Tesla website. But how cool is it that in 2021, there's a huge choice for great EVs with the Ionic 5 and the EV6, etc. It's a good point. Um oh. But I mean, uh, for the mall, why uh, Irish market is a right-hand drive, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, I think England also doesn't have it and everything. So uh, it's not too surprised on, on that front. But at the same yeah. time, Hong Kong is a right-hand drive market, and they are getting the mall. Why? That's true. Hmm. And it's coming from Shanghai. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What about Japan? Oh, I didn't check Japan. Joseph Lutzig just took advantage of the mole X pricing, flat pricing. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he just sold one, Fred, with the the <laughs> uh, the little. Trick yeah, there. I mean, it's not. I I think Tesla screwed up. I think they are supposed to increase the price, and they just didn't think of it. Um, yeah. Although that is a long way out. Yeah. To... I mean, you're you're betting on Tesla respecting the price, which they should. They, in, recently, they have been doing it. Uh, like they did it with uh, the the plaid for the plus the plaid uh, plus people that were ordering the car, and then they cancel a plaid plus, and then Tesla was charging them ten thousand dollar more, and they're like, no, we're gonna charge you the price when you order the plaid plus. So they did that. So I assume they would do the same for the Model X, but yeah. Uh, so uh, we were talking about the uh, four wheel steering of the, the Cybertruck. Uh, Porsche has that steering option, and the Taycan. Um, at least in the Cross Turismo. I can't remember if they have it in the, the regular mm-hmm. Taycan. Um, it's very mild, though. Um, mm-hmm. It's, like, very subtle. You can bar- you barely even notice. But it does help with the turning. Uh, Peter says, Tesla prices keep going up. Used Tesla Model Y is up $10,000. I mean, all all uh, used, used vehicle prices are up right now. It's not just Tesla. Yeah, and it might be inflation a little bit as mm-hmm. well. Uh, is there a real concern with LG? Seems like a quality company. Uh, quality companies can can, can sell bad things. Defective product, yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, maybe LG should be out in front of this trying to yeah. convince GM to bring in their stuff. All right, Ben Pena says, what is your opinion of the BYD Blade batteries? They seem to have the best tech right now. Didn't even heard of it. Blade batteries. Going to have to look that up. 
I have heard that uh, BYD's blade batteries are are good, but is that is that the branding it. blade or is it like a, a re- related to the technology? What, what does that mean? I think I think it's just the form factor. So like it uh, looks like a blade. I think so. I, oh, I mean, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to Google it because. Uh... Keep it going. Awesome and in, in independent reports. I think he's referring to our work on the uh, bolt battery mm-hmm. fires. Thank you. Uh, ben Pena, when are you guys getting the Roadster? Oh, I forgot about that. Will Tesla honor the past referral programs? They better do. Nah. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently they will. I mean... Um, I mean, the company's not broke. And it's not broke, and the... We performed a service for 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 those cars. Uh, so, like, they they are they going to return the sales of the, the the vehicles that we referred uh, the hundreds and hundreds of vehicles that we referred. So, so yeah, technically they they should honor it. Uh, and uh, it's more I like I want my... I want to see the updated version of it. I want to see that insane SpaceX package and all that stuff. Like they've been talking about it for so long. Like we need we need to see what it looks like. Yeah, I got half my town drive not half my town, but a bunch of people in my town driving Teslas, so I feel like I should get something for it. <laughs> a roadster's a lot, yeah. but we'll take it. All right. Uh will we be reviewing the Lucid Motors if they ever get production out? Yes. As soon you know, if you know somebody at Lucid, yeah. we'll we'll drive in a Lucid all day. Yeah, I mean we we and we know like we uh, I interviewed Peter uh Rawlinson uh last year. Uh, I like him a lot. I like I like the team at Lucid and uh, Lucid Air. Lucid Air as a as a place in the market, especially since Tesla canceled the Plaid Plus, and uh, they're gonna have the longest range EV out there. So good for them. Yeah, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if they plan on marketing that. Uh, all right, so we're having some conversation mm-hmm. in the comments about uh, the billion dollar fine against VW mm-hmm. and uh, BMW. Uh, Daimler snitched out VW and BMW. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Yeah, we're, we're getting some s- speculation yeah. there. All right. Andrew Richardson says, latest plug-in market share in Europe is booming and continues to grow fast even in Germany. Yeah, it kind of feels like uh, Europe's about a year or so ahead of the U.S. And, you know, Norway's obviously in front of that. Um, so it's good to see what's happening there. EVgo, how do you guys see the potential opportunities for partnership? Are we talking with Electric uh, for America here and, and, and the, the Volkswagen selling a stake? Because uh, I'd be surprised. Maybe. I mean, I see them more as competitor than than partners. Maybe they're, they're saying, well, if EV, sorry, if Electrify America is going to partner up, maybe EVgo should. I think EVgo is trying to do a SPAC right now, though, aren't they? I mean, everybody's trying to do a SPAC right now. Uh, I already did a SPAC, I think, or they're finalizing <laughs> it. I think it's a CLLI. Right. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Uh, could you do a review of the Kama AI driving system? Maybe George Hotz, GeoHot, uh, can give you one to try out. I love George. George is a, he's a, great he's guy. a treasure. I mean, he's a incredible personality uh yeah i mean i did try the como ai in the in the testimonial s uh years ago maybe three years ago three or four years ago and uh, i was impressed for for like what they capable of doing for for like low price uh hardware and uh and all i i love is uh crowdsourcing of the data uh it's it's extremely smart 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've heard that they are launching a new product uh, this week. Uh, I'd love to try it out. I just I don't know on which car I would I would try it out. Like all my cars already have like autopilot stuff. I don't know if I want to mess with that. Um, I mean, I, I don't think Teslas are even on their eligible uh, list of a vehicle, but. Yeah. yeah, it seems like he works with like Hondas and Toyotas. Yeah, and stuff, especially mostly. Japanese cars. Yeah. All right, Shane O'Sullivan. Uh, interesting that F1 engine rule changes for 2025 are now shifting from hydrogen back to 100% biofuels, which sounds like gasoline. Uh, VW, Audi are involved in the talks. Bizarrely, seems Ferrari is reluctant to electrify. Maybe we should get Jamie on that. Yeah, we're not big on motorsport. We have Jamie that covers Formula E for us. I feel like Formula if if the F one just doesn't like catch up on that stuff, the Formula E is just going to take over. Like, but right. at the same time, they have the same governing body, right? They're both they're, right. they're both by the FAA. So I, yeah. I I feel like they're probably going to like make sure they don't cannibalize themselves too much. Yeah. Speaking of that, I'm going to be at the uh, FIA in Brooklyn. Sorry, the uh, Formula E in Brooklyn tomorrow. So if you're nice. in in Brooklyn, uh, hit me on Twitter or whatever. Buy me a beer or whatever. Um, is it going to be a hot day out? You know, it usually is, but I think it's going to rain tomorrow. So oh. okay. uh, maybe you get to see a crash. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be <laughs> hanging out at the Nissan thing. They they say they have some stuff they want to show us, so it's cool. Blade is LFP, great batteries. Yeah, I, w- I was looking at them. It's, um, I mean, LFP would be the chemistry, but I was looking at the form factor, and it's uh, I don't see really blade like it's like a a long pouch cell. I feel like. Hmm. Well, that's all the oh, okay, uh, we're done. comments. We're done with the comments. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Uh, we appreciate uh, your time as usual. We hope you like the stories this week. Uh, you can give us a thumbs up. That always helps with the algorithm more than you might think. And it's free, too. Uh, you can give us a subscribe, too. Uh, we did have a podcast earlier today, if you missed it. It was a quick podcast with um, the head of Polestar North America, where we discussed their current development in uh, North American market for uh, the Polestar 2 and uh, the new 2022 version and the Polestar 3 that's going to be built in uh, uh, South Carolina. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful with those like North and South, you know, you confuse them. Uh, so uh, when you're subscribed, you get a notification when we go live so you cannot, you don't miss those, but you can go back on the channel and check it out. It's also on our Facebook and our, our LinkedIn too. Now we're going to, we're going to, we are going to be live uh, starting now on um on LinkedIn for the show too. And on your podcast app, you can always give us a five-star rating. That's always extremely helpful for the show too. We'll always appreciate that. And uh, we're going to see you same time next week. Have a good one, guys.